This our show, and we talk about everything, and we talk about everything. Royal Flex, the brand's own introspective insight right now. Peace, love, and all that good stuff. I am King Davdo, and this is Royal Flex, the brand's introspective insight talk show, the Black Wall Street Podcast. And as y'all know, I went right into it. Um, yeah, girl, China, Noel. Nah, she China this week. And Shannon Williams. Uh, they're not here. As you can you can't hear him. Watch listen for him. Yeah, nah, see they're not here because you know they just they're not here. I don't even know. You know, life happens, I guess. And so now they left me to do the show by myself. But it's cool because I'm here to talk. We got a lot to talk about. Um I'm gonna try to get this as long as possible. But y'all know I don't like talking to myself. But we're going to make it happen today. So the word of the show is Rafiki. And y'all know Rafiki means friend. One of my favorite characters from Lion King. Um, shout out to Rafiki. And then the quote of the show is traveling is learning from the Kenyan proverb. Um, me personally, I love traveling. And like I feel like you learn the most about yourself and culture speaking of culture that's one of our that's our main topic of the day what we're going to be covering but you learn about different cultures you learn about different people um you learn different languages and you get to explore on a on a on a more grander level and um so i thought that was cool and i'm going to japan next week so we're not gonna have a show next week well we are gonna have a show next week um well it's gonna be released but it's gonna be live from japan with it's gonna be a special, special show. So y'all make sure y'all stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, traveling is learning, and I'm a firm believer in it. I know this is off topic like a motherfucker, so I ain't gonna expound on it. But alright, so the off topic for this week, I wanna I wanna talk about you know because I'm an education head. I feel like that's my niche. That's one of my niches. Um, that's probably why I you know got into podcasting, and that's why I'm I'm kind of the podcast guru. Uh, here in the Rochester area. Um, so um, let's talk about the HCB, HBCUs and plus just college at, at, at in all, as a, in all totality, in all totality. Um, but specifically HBCUs, because this is Introspective Insight, the Black Wall Street podcast, where we're looking to um, reinforce and reinstate that Black Wall Street mentality of being self-sufficient and kind of rebuilding and, and generating generational wealth and my bro dev shout out to dev horace consults horace consulting uh, mr okay's essential um worth my bro is worth at least 500k right now like that's his net worth right now big ups to him but um yeah uh he he he, he did a um live um uh instagram live on this article that the um, the, the, um, New York, no, 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 Wall Street, Wall Street Journal released, the Wall Street Journal released, and talking about how, um, the student debt crisis hits hardest at historically black colleges, and, you know, as I read through the article, um, I'm like, wow, oh, woo, jeez, what, you mean to tell me, type thing, like, that was all my, uh, reactions and, and things of that nature, and what really gets me is we go as black people we want to be you know for us by us we want to go into our own spaces and we want to kind of brag about being our own spaces right but it's our own spaces that put us in the hole a majority of the time because we're not financially literate enough to kind of be ahead of the game so and what basically what that means is in private and public HBCUs, um, the percentage of undergraduate undergraduate student with students with loans are 75% and 70%. 75% for private HBCUs, 70% in public HBCUs. Non-HBCUs private is 51, non-HBCUs public is 41, and in the for-profit schools out there is 56. Even still, that's way cheaper than the HBCUs public and private. And we tend to go to HBCUs to, you know, for that for that glory to say, 
um, you know, I went to, you know, HU, I went to Howard, I went to uh, NCCU, I went, I went to these prestigious black, predominantly black colleges, spaces, historically black spaces, and, you know, I'm among the top elite, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer that came from Har um, Howard, that's, you know, we, we want to go and, and, and kind of um, just be able to say things like that, you know what I'm saying? I'm a black activist, so, you know, I support black people. I support the black community, this, that, third, right? So we tend to use, you know, our culture, there go that word again, um, we, we tend to be around our culture and use that for, you know, kind of bragging rights, um, which is good because we got everything to brag about. Every single thing that we do, we should be able to brag about it and to its highest regard. But let's talk about this for a second. There's no reason why we should have to go to, uh, we, there's no reason why we should put ourselves in debt because we're going to our own institutions and universities, right? So it like, that's like us going into the hood and, and become, and going in debt because we living in the hood. So instead of going to the hood, now we gotta go to the alternative and go out to Whitesville to um, kind of just make ends meet and be comfortable and be stable type thing. You know what I'm saying? So um, when, when I looked at that, when I read that, I'm like, dang, so we getting all these bragging rights and we're we're basically going to these schools for these bragging rights and this prestige honor to say we went to Howard or NCCU or um, uh, uh, whatever the other ones are. I can't think of them. Spellman. Um, I can't think of none of them. And... Um, we really under we, we got to understand that we have to be financially literate in order to um, make the most out of our experiences. In the article, it said um, one particular person he took out twenty four k in in loans, and his parent, his dad, took out ninety one k to help him out to get through school. When you add up the numbers for the four years, he's over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. To this day, this was in 2015. He took out the loan. To this day, he only he's only paid on the principal since he's been out of school. So he still got 20k left on top of the 91 that his dad took out. Crazy. That's insane. Me personally, now kind of shifting away from I'm shifting away from the 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 HBCUs um, because we need to kind of take our our you know predominantly black spaces and warp them into something different outside of this uh, this college industrial complex but just college in general cis bros kings queens it's a scam the college industrial complex is real and you just think about this for a second they don't want us to they don't want to give us business loans they don't want to give us mortgages they don't want to give us none of that stuff that we will actually um, benefit from long term, right? But they give us, and these is like, you know, business loan could be ten thousand dollars. Business loan could be five thousand dollars. Shoot, a business loan could be two thousand dollars, right? They won't give it to us, but they give us a twenty-four thousand dollar loan over four years. Or really, that's just for better for easy math. They give us a twenty-five thousand dollar loan over four years. So then we would have to pay back a hundred thousand six months after we're out of school, just willingly give it to it. Like you don't got to check credit, nothing. They just give you here, take it. Uh, go get that paper, piece of paper, not the paper as in the money, the green, not that paper. We talking about this 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 certificate that says that you completed the coursework, so you are proficient in this field. So they they're willing to give us just just throw this money up, out at us for a better future quote-unquote but they won't give us business loans and things of that nature like that's crazy i was just talking about u of r um yesterday i think i think it was yesterday uh university of rochester for those who are not in rochester that's listening to the show shout out to y'all um and i was you know as i'm i've been ubering this week because i've been off work and um I noticed that U of R is everywhere. The UFR, U of R health centers, whether it's urgent care or, you know, um, anything like that, is all over the place, all over the place. And I'm like, dang, well, what they need student tuition for? Cause they tuition is high, cause I think it's a pub, uh, it's a private school. 
So I'm like, dang, all that stuff. And I was talking to one of my homies, and she was trying to, she was gonna do, um, I think the nursing program, uh, master's program over there, and, um, you know, they're trying to charge her. It was a private loan that they was gonna, she was gonna take out, and she sent me the little, the little screenshot, bro. The private loan was for like over a hundred thousand dollars for just two years, covering only two years, out of a three or four year program. That's crazy. So you want me to take out this loan? The repayment plan says that I have to pay, I think it was like $600 a month for the next 10 years to cover what I borrowed just so I can go to a job and not make even even remotely enough to cover that and live comfortably. Y'all crazy. So um, that was the off topic for today. I just, I just want y'all to kind of think about that. HBCUs is great, but me as a black man that support black everything, I'm pro-black, right? You know, shout out to my black black business owners, uh, my black entrepreneurs, motivational speakers, you know, just all my black excellence out there. Melanin, you know, uh, melanin gods and all that stuff. Right. Shout out to all y'all. But let's be strategic about how we get our education. Education. College is supposed to enhance and advance, not stress and digress. All right. So with that being said. That was, um, you know, I'm doing good right now talking to myself a little bit. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, um, like I said, I'm going to uh, Japan next week. I'm going to Japan next week. Uh, I'm flying out Friday, um, the 26th. I'm flying out, and I'm going to be there for about a week and a half, roughly. Uh, we're going to do a show out there, so be be on the lookout for that. We're definitely doing a show out there. Um so just just you know do be on the lookout because it's gonna be real it's gonna be dope live from japan i'm gonna um, go live hopefully depending on how you know time because you know i'm flying into the future when we go to japan so you know um i, I just want y'all to be on the lookout for that show it's gonna be a dope show i'm gonna try to uh craft a, a very 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 well crafted show um I'm, put, I'm gonna try to put together a well crafted show um so when it's time to release it's gonna be crazy so um with that being said what is culture i want to talk about culture real quick last week we talked about nip rest in peace rest in royalty nip um neighborhood nip and um i was talking to a conspiracy theorist and he he said that nip did not influence the culture and i was like hmm what exactly is the cult what is culture to you now, i never really got that answer but as he was kind of explaining how Nip didn't, um, you know, didn't influence or impact black culture, um, and he was throwing out things like, oh, what, he got a barbershop, he got t-shirts, and he experienced the culture. Now, I got, I got Yeezys. Yeezys, Yeezys is, is doing more for the culture than, than what Nip did. I'm like, are you serious? Like, if we look up the, if we look up the numbers, First of all, what is culture? Let's let's say let's see what culture is. Culture is the first definition is the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual ach achievement regard regarded collect collectively. So, um, again, it's the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively, um, or to the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people or other social group. So, um, now, when we're talking about that, think about what Nip did, all right? The man had, he employed, I think it was 41,000 people throughout his his tons and tons of, you know, investments um, when it pertained to business and, you know, all that good stuff. And after all his investments and things of that nature, here goes his investment will. So he employed, uh, hired, assisted, or impacted 41,369 people over his span of having his money, probably starting in 2013. Yep. Starting in 2013 till, you know, the, the, day, the day of his demise, which actually, actually is still going. So indefinitely. So until the present, um, since 2013, he's employed 41,369 people 
um, whether it's at a barbershop or at his weed dispensary or at Vector 90 that he invested in um, or his store, the Marathon. I mean, even if he owned the plaza, so technically all of them is, is his employees because he's given somebody an opportunity. Listen, listen to this, though. He's given a business owner an opportunity to rent out a space from him to then employ other people. So indirectly, he's still employing those people that the business owner that's paying him for that space is employing. So that number can possibly be more if you look at it in that in that case. But through all these investments, Nip, Nip's projected value of all the investments, including his tech investments, community investments, and lifestyle ventures, amounted to 210 million 413,500 dollars now tell me that's not, that's not for the culture it like what have what have what has kanye did besides create you know um a, a line of luxury clothing to better assist in the culture of you know, I, I would just say black America, African people, right? Like when we're when we're talking about culture, we have to understand that culture is 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 not one dimensional. It's multi dimensional. Whether you got a t shirt line on the corner, whether you selling it from a booth, whether you a vendor, whether you own a plaza, whether you own designer level quality shoes, um, no matter how you affect the culture or choose to engulf yourself in the culture you're doing it for the culture right for the collective culture it's not one person that can influence the culture it's multiple people influencing the culture going back to the black wall street mindset right each person influenced that culture in so many different ways if you go to different countries whether um countries um or but whether it's like ghana or congo or cairo or Nigeria, or Ethiopia, or um, wherever else. I can't, I was just, I don't know why I was just naming African countries, but you know, I mean, whatever, I'm, I'm with that. But if you go to all those different countries, um, the people infl influence the culture collectively. Going back to that first one, re achievement regarded collectively. Collectively, you influence the culture, you create the culture. So Nip, influenced and help maintain the culture that we're we're trying to build or we've already built that's what he did so when we're talking about you know how we impact the culture i'm impacting the culture right now because i'm i'm providing us something one thing that um nip said in, in dedication um he talked about how the black man knows that he's great but nobody left him a platform to explain it like he know that he's great but he can't claim it because nobody left them platforms to explain it. Like, I'm providing, now I'm leaving a platform for all of us to explain how great we are, to show how great we are. Audio, video, um, videography, photography. Uh, this is a space to where we can collectively come together and create something great. Whether you see it like that or not, that's an impact to the culture. Because one, one, one of the reasons why I created Static Vibrations Network is because... We create so much media. Like we're we're practically media. We are. We we create trends. We step we set trends. Uh we do all these different great things. We're from the music industry to the photography industry to the videography industry to like the film industry, all this stuff. We do so many great things. We create great art. We are great artists, but we don't control anything. So creating static vibrations network. And partnering with um, different, you know, other media um, companies or different photographers or different videographers and, and collabing to create something great. That's giving back to the culture. That's reestablishing and re re um uh I don't know what am I reinforcing uh, reinforcing the culture that we need to be building that Black Wall Street mentality down to Black Wall Street. Um, they always help one another. It was never a time where they did not help one another. If a house, one of my favorite stories to tell is when a, if a house burnt down in Black Wall Street, the community moved that family into a different house. The community helped build that house from the ground back up and they moved that very family back into their house. That is crazy culture. 
that's the culture that's that's um called communal living communal living is when you i'm, I'm gonna give you all the, the official definition um but communal living in a nutshell um is uh when it's 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 the way of life in in the um african continent um basically communal living is when you live together no matter what you know you, you know that saying it takes a vid- village to raise a child uh that's what communal living is communal living is when you work together within your community you have shared goals you have shared food you have shared ideals you share the land you share um policy making it's never it's not one head over it's everybody's together we about to make this happen let's sit around this fire and figure it out okay well maybe they're not sitting around the fire but let's sit around this round table and figure it out that's that's what communal living is and that's what black wall street embodied that's what little african embodied so now um so that's why so that's why i said i impact excuse me um, that's why I said I impacted the culture. I'm impacting the culture right now, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, because I'm creating a platform to which we can explain, we can express ourselves. Just like how Nip said. Like now I'm I'm putting the platform here. All you gotta do is come in and put in the work. And everything is gonna fall into place. I promise you everything is gonna fall into place. But you we have to find, we have to have those selfless people that don't care about that don't care about what other people think, that don't care about the stereotypes about the black community when it when because one of one of my biggest pet peeves um on my journey um to rebuilding black wall street and the black wall street mentality is the people that have the power to kind of influence that growth and that that um influence the growth and just to push forward has the mentality of i can't work with those people i can't work with black people i i really can't because they're unprofessional or they're always late or they always this, and they're always that. Ah, da, da, da. That negative, like, that negative, those negative stereotypes and connotations about black people. Well, black people are late, but guess what? In the African culture, time is not a, a, um, a end-all, be-all. Time, being on time is a European uh, trait, is a European uh, practice, right? So being time constraint, like being on a time constraint or being punctual is a European uh, practice. In Africa, whether you're five minutes early, five minutes late, 10 minutes early, 10 minutes late, you're still welcome into that space. If you don't believe me, read um, Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. Uh, Dr. Brene, um, no. Why did I just say Brene? Um, Joy DeGruy, Dr. Joy DeGruy, uh, she spoke on that in her in her um, book, and it's a good. It's first of all, it's a good read. I recommend everybody read that, especially the ones who have that mindset of black people is this, black people is that. I can I can't support black-owned businesses because they always late. They're not professional. Da 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 da. Read that book, because that's gonna shed some light into um, you know why you feel that way and why you can't for the life of you integrate yourself within your own within your own community you have to integrate yourself outside the community while you're advocating for the community my my personal opinion that's backwards you should be able to integrate yourself with the community speak within the community to the community and help them get over those humps because at the end of the day there's a there's a mental um brainwashing aspect to the very things that you are complaining about on both ends so we have to really become objective to how we interact with each other and how we view black owned establishments as a whole um because at the end of the day white people um jewish people which which they all white um arab people they're late they're they have bad business one of my favorite restaurants um to go to one of my favorite hots restaurants to go to uh west ridge hots that i've seen them be blatantly rude to people i mean like hanging up on people not answering the phone i mean they got 
matter of fact, they 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 uh restaurant got shot at at one point because they were being rude to the customers. So they came back and shot up the restaurant. I mean, they hit nobody. They just shot at the restaurant. But my point is, all these different establishments does the same thing that you're complaining about about the black establishment. Which leads me to my next point. What are we expecting? What is our expectation when we go into black, predominantly black spaces, predominantly black establishments? What are what are what are our, our expectations? I can't talk today. Like, what what are we looking for? Because I guarantee you, if you write those down, those things that you're looking for down, and you say, um, you you write those things down, and you le- legitimately look at them. You're, you're looking for more out of the black establishment than you are any other establishment. Chinese people, white people, Arab people, all them people, you're looking for way more from the black people than the rest. That's why you can settle for the rest of them and not for us. Think about that for a second. And I'll debate anybody on that one. Because it's not one black establishment that I've went into and I've I probably got like slow service. But I, I got slow service from McDonald's the other day when I was doing Uber yesterday. Mad slow service. I'm just waiting in line, and the manager's white. So that's a white establishment. Feel me? Like, you get all this stuff. You get the same stuff that you complain about black businesses and establishment doing from the white establishment and all the other establishments. And we know that for a fact because there's ten times more other establishments than black establishments. Let's talk about it. So, like I said, I'll debate anybody on that one because at the end of the day, we're feeding into our own lack of generational wealth when we take those stances on um, black-owned businesses, establishment, and just interacting with our own people, uh, which is why I have this show because at the end of the day, we're about to rebuild Black Wall Street. This is the Black Wall Street podcast, and we're going to rebuild all of that one step at a time, one business at a time, one relationship at a time. So, um how do you influence how do you affect the culture as a whole i already talked about it we start to put into the culture i just read a dope article um about um i forget what college it is but a college opened a all black news platform bro i'm about to look it up right now but a all black news platform that is big on the culture um big why um why because we don't own again we don't own our media we allow them corporate america white corporate america um to write our literally write our uh basically depict us i was listening to to pippa mockingbird and one of my favorite quotes that he he said and um and uh, Black of the Berry, the Street is Juice. I think it was Black of the Berry, the Street is Juice. I mean, the Black of the Berry. Um, he said, vandalize my perception, but you can't take style from me. Right? Vandalize my community, making a killing. They do this. Gentrification. They vandalize in my community. They're, I mean, historically, vandalizing the community was redlining, taking um, resources, not allowing resources to come into our community. But they make a killing because you you have uh, just it's they can put way more resources into their own communities. They're making a killing, putting those very resources into their own community and profiting off of our collective ignorance as a community. Vandalizing my community, making a killing. Vandalize my perception, but you can't take style from me, right? Vandalizing my perception. Break that down. Vandalizing perception means that they they have the ability to take a black face whatever that black face is and write whatever script whatever story behind it so then the perception of me as a black man is is skewed to the average american to the average white american not even white just the average american period because it's black people black young youth i work with you black youth that have these skewed visions these skewed perceptions of black people as a whole. Matter of fact, when Nip, when I have, when I was doing my little um, SEL group, um, social emotional learning for y'all that don't know, at my school, um, and we was talking about gangs, and the perception was gangs kill gangs. 
gang members kill gang members. I mean, yes, that's true. But I was like, well, do we know? Do anybody know the actual origins from the Crips and the Bloods? And, you know, they said no. And I explained it to them. Crips mean community revolution in progress. And Bloods mean brotherly love over destruction and depression. Uh, over brotherly love. Brotherly love overrides um, oppression and destruction. I told them that. And I told them they were community groups meant to help the community, you know, beyond the red and blue. And they literally was like, oh, really? I didn't know that. I said, well, yeah, because, you know, again, going back to the line, they have the ability to vandalize our perception, but they can't take the style from us because at the end of the day, they use the very things that they denounce within their own establishments. For example, how do gangs run? How do the streets run? If you put those same values, take the values of the streets, don't snitch, be loyal, be faithful, rep your set, all that stuff, right? No matter what, what, you, what sets you claim type joint, if you take all that out and drop that in politics, you drop that in um, the policing system, you drop that in the criminal justice system, it's the same difference. They're not telling on each other, so they can, and they control law and they write policy, which is the crazy part. So if they're not telling on each other and they writing law and they writing policy and all this stuff, then you would think, like you would have to, you just just think about that. They write law, they enforce law, they revise policy, they revise law, they push out different community objectives, um, initiatives, all these different things, and they they operate as a gang. Because the legal definition of the, of a gang is more than one person that wear the same like colors uniforms blue for the cops <laughs> like they they all wear the same uniform judges all wear the same uniform you know, you know what i'm saying like technically this this the world is full of gangs full of gangs just some are legal some are not legal you know what i'm saying so when we're talking about you know um perception we're talking about vandalizing perception. Yeah, they're they're denouncing and vandalizing our perception on the daily on a daily basis because they control, you know, their the media outlets, the major media outlets and things of that nature. But at the same time, they're using the very things that they're um, using to vandalize and take away from our our people, our culture, in their own establishments. Now let's stay on vandalizing the perception still. Cause I want to talk about something real quick. Um because this guy was huge on the culture. I don't care what nobody says, whether it's Dr. Umar Johnson or, you know, the critics. But Obama was big, big, huge on black culture. Just just for the, the, the imagery of, right? I'm not saying that everybody, every black person that's running for president, it will become president or that will have, you know, multiple more presidents in the future, which I hope so. But the way that politics is set up, it's fake. It's all fake anyway. But anyways, um, so let's talk about this man. He he did for the culture that nobody else since John Henson has done. And John Henson don't even get the credit. Um, that was the first president to uh that was the first president of the United States, not George Washington. George Washington was a slave owner. Um the first fifteen presidents was a slave owner, actually. A slave owners. I would I would say. But anyways, um, so Obama. We know the man as he's the GOAT. He's the president that wore the tan suit and everybody went haywire because he was too swaggy on, you know, um, Capitol Hill. He was too swaggy for the White House. He was too swaggy for his staff and all that stuff. So um, but yeah, so the Mueller report came out about, you know, Russian Russia's interference in the elections. Um, and apparently the Obama administration knew about it um, prior to the 2016 election or something like that. And apparently they're saying now they're saying that the Mueller report looks bad for Obama because Obama knew about it. And he did nothing to um, he did nothing about Russia's meddling in the democracy. Now, let's let's talk about this for a second, because now we're taking a prominent and I mean, like to this day. A prominent face to the culture and what he's done and what he is doing for the culture. The first president to not have a scandal 
built up uh, against them since John Henson. The president that went in, he got stuff done to the best of his ability and left office on a clean slate. The man that's still giving back to the black community in some way, shape, or form. The man that's still connected with the people beyond his eight years of um, tenure as the president of the United States. Um, and the first thing CNN did once this Mueller report. Now, we're not talking about how, how um, we're not talking about how Trump worked with Russia and how the the press secretary lied about why um Mueller was was fired and and he we're not talking about how none of the stuff that the dirt that the Trump administration has been doing since Trump has got into office we're talking about Obama not literally not doing anything about Russia's meddling with the democracy um in spite of knowing about it this is the power of the um, this is literally the power of white media, because that's what it is, white media. White media vandalizing the perception of black culture. Obama is the face, one of the faces of black culture. And they would do anything in their power to literally denounce black culture, belittle black culture, make it lesser than what it is because black culture is so strong, right? So... Um, as I read through, you know, the article, I'm like, yo, at what point, at what point did they decide, okay, we're not going to make this about Trump anymore because his mother reporter's out. We're going to make this about Obama because he knew about it in his 10 years president. Well, first of all, um, and then they try to say, like, it's because Obama wanted Putin to be on the um, nuclear arms deal. So all he did was. Um, you know, put sanctions, financial sanctions on Russia. Well, that's something. What Trump did? Nothing. Nothing. Feel me? Like, I I, I don't know. I didn't read all of the um, article. I'm just commentating on up until when I stopped reading it because it was kind of making me mad a little bit because America is, is, is notorious, notorious for doing that. Notorious. So, um... But yeah, that's just a, that's another real life, real current um, example of how, um, you know, they vandalize our perception, but they still can't take the style from us. Because at the end of the day, Obama not not worrying about this. Obama chilling. He did his eight years. He chilling, still impacting the community in his ways, um, doing what he do. Um, so uh, with that being said, we got. It's like 37 minutes left, and I'm, I'm, or 37 minutes in, and I'm talking, I'm rolling. So, um, who are some cultural influencers? Um, I would definitely, at at the end of the day, Ye is definitely, Kanye is definitely a cultural influencer, uh, within the black community. Jay Z is a cultural influencer. Nipsey Hussle, rest in royalty, cultural influencer. Tupac, rest in royalty. Big, rest in royalty. Um, Diddy, he's an influencer. Um. I would even say Joe Button influencer. More so on the hip hop culture, but Joe Button definitely. Um, I'm missing people. Um, but the names uh Dre, um, Cube, Ice Cube, definitely an influence on the culture because he, he controls a lot. Dame Dash, shout out to Dame Dash, Nick Cannon, shout out to Nick Cannon. Um, what's some do I got some women um influencers? Cause I'm only naming Beyonce. I would say she influenced the culture. Um, Janelle, Janelle Monet, what she do for the culture is is it's not um, concrete, but the abstract and how she influences the culture is crazy. How she carries herself, the way that she dresses, um, her music, um, it's just dope. Uh, Lauren Hill is another one. Like Lauren Hill and Janelle, Janelle Monet is. Um, some of the big women influencers to the culture based just upon of how they carry themselves and how they deliver how they deliver the culture how they package the culture in their arts um it's big it's huge 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 i wish that they would do something together like i i that would be super super dope um erica badu is another um influencer that i would put up there that influences the culture in some way um 
who else? Like those are just some Obama. You know, I gotta say my boy Obama. Um, Obezy. Um, I influenced the culture. Who who are some people locally that influenced the culture? Um, dang, that's crazy. I can't even think of nobody. That's like legitimately influencing the culture. Um and openly influencing the culture. Like, I am openly influencing the culture because I want us to all eat. That's why I created Royal Flex the Brand. It's my community youth development um, organization. That's why I created Static Vibration Network, my media and broadcast production um, uh, thing. Uh, Bridge Visions Media, man. Or Bridge Video. I can't talk. Bridge Visions Photography and Videography. Um, that's just a subsidiary to Static Vibration Network. And I, I want the network to be the network. That's the umbrella. So now, since we do videography and photography, or really me, um, I've been doing that. I had to create something, just create a different name than just the network, right? That's cre that's adding to the culture. That's adding to the 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 overall, you know, value of you know these investments, these businesses. And it's, a, it's, and it's an initiative that I want to start that will literally directly benefit the culture 100%. Um, I don't want to really drop the name right now, but I'll, I'll drop the hashtag, LAI. L-A-I. And it's going to be an initiative that creates a network, which I've already had. I already had this under reference brand to where I wanted somewhere to go and I wanted to build a network that will help fund the brand in order to um, outsource resources and things of that nature into the community, whether it's building houses, real estate, um, real estate classes, uh, financial literacy classes, um, you know, education classes, whether it's learning about education, learning about property tax, how it, how it affects education, um, learning about how you can opt out on, on state tests, um, learning about, you know, these different things that we don't know about. That's community youth development. Community youth development is a is a um, is a investment to the mind. It's an, it's an investment to um, the idea of feeding the mind with information that you don't know. Community youth development is taking away that ignorant um, ignorant component within the black community. That's how we rebuild black the Black Wall Street mentality. Within Black Wall Street, nobody was ignorant. Everybody was educated, working together as one. So the LI. The LA Initiative, I would say, LA Initiative, is basically, um, it's a network that will help identify and showcase black-owned businesses around the world. Obviously, the goal is a worldwide initiative to where we connect businesses in, in Africa. Like, I got this one dope business in Africa that I want to get some suits from. It's African, you know, attire, suits. It's out of um, Ghana, I think. Um, and I want to, I forget what it's called. It started with an A. But I'm gonna get some pieces from there. Like I legitimately is gonna get some pieces. I'm gonna email them. I'm gonna tell them my sizes. I'm gonna get some pieces. Um, Jay Morrison. Oh, Jay Morrison is another person that influenced the culture. Jay Morrison, Dr. Boyce Watkins, um, even Umar Johnson. Um, they, them, them, yes, absolutely. David Banner. Uh, they really they influenced the culture. But anyways, um, yeah. So this network. Uh, of businesses the, the way that i want to do it is i'm not even going to get too much into it but basically i'm going to create this network it's almost like buy black we buy black online where it, it 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 was it was supposed to be a resource for us to go and look at black owned businesses and see like oh yeah this is a black owned business oh we sell this oh we sell this oh we sell this to go and order it now it's gotten so much bigger than what the idea was they opened in a store down in atlanta shout out to them Shout out to them. So that's pretty much how I want this to go um, in a nutshell. This is not a kind of off-brand um, to that. This is a completely different idea. But I see it going pretty much almost the same way. Almost the same way, depending on how it catch. The LA, the LA initiative um, to where it's going to be a network that will help identify and showcase black-owned businesses you know, around your city, wherever you are, um, as we, because we don't know about them. So this is going to have an emblem, a, a window decal that'll go, you know, in the window that will basically verify that this is a black-owned business to come and shop with us.
um, verify customer service. It'll verify quality. It'll verify all that stuff. Um, it's almost like the verify check on um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, that's what it's going to be. We're going to start to verify black-owned businesses so we can go and give back to our people. And then within that verification, I'm going to try, literally try to meet with those owners and build rapport with those owners so then we can start buying back our community. Next level, right? That's next level. I want to build those relationships. I want to I want to hone I want to hone the skills of each one of those relationships that I can build in order to buy back our blocks, buy back our streets, buy back our houses. There's no reason why um you know there can be a a a, a white business district over in Park Ave where white people own all that property, own all those little, you know, um, shopping plazas, um, can charge 1200 1500 for a room, and we got nothing. And we literally, like, four blocks down, and we have nothing. You can see the difference when you go from one side of Culver to the next side of Culver. We, we tr- I'm, I'm trying to switch that 100%. We buying back our, buying back our houses. We're buying back our blocks our corners we basically taking after what nip did nip in a interview in 2010 said that once he figured out that sloshing and crenshaw was like the most important corner in the world he said he claimed it and that's what he did he claimed that corner and he made it into a tourist district imagine that a gang a known gang corner and he said like yo this is this right here is the spot Imagine saying that, yo, this right here is the spot. I'm going to have it one day. Slinging dope, getting arrested on that corner. Came back to own it. Own the whole corner. And now you got the whole square. Nipsey Hustle Square. Shout out to Nip. Neighborhood Nip. But that all those values apply. So with the LA Initiative, um, we're definitely going to... Um, we're de- it's going to work. We're, we're going to... We're going to um, build something greater than what we've been building so far. We're going to build on what we've been doing so far. And it's going to be great. It's going to be super great. Um, and that's that's how you influence the culture. That's why I call myself a cultural influencer, whether you know people see me or not. Um, I'm trying to get out there more. But at the end of the day, um, it's not about, for me, it's not about people seeing what I'm doing. It's about me doing what I'm saying I'm I'm doing, right? It's about reinforcing my words. It's about saying meaning what I say and saying what I mean. I said what I said. Right? So if I said I'm rebuilding Black Wall Street, then I'm rebuilding Black Wall Street. My goal is to meet sit down and meet with Jay Morrison. That's one of my goals. Because what will happen is that will kick start a whole nother thing. Cause Jay Morrison already doing the stuff that I wanna do, right? As it pertains to influencing the culture, he already doing. He already doing what I want to do. I mean, real estate—that's a pillar of wealth. Let's talk about the pillars of wealth: real estate, stock market, business. I already got my business. I'm already starting with the businesses, and I already got. Uh, I already started my portfolio in the stock market, and I already know what I have to do to make real, real money in the stock market in a short period of time. But right now, I'm not in the space to kind of do that so i'm just you know i got my little small portfolio to start real estate i ain't really get into that yet i i have i'm i'm, I'm slowly getting into it but not i haven't fully immersed myself in there but you know my bro dev shout out to dev he's in the real estate um cuzzo uh gerald he in the real estate we've been talking back and forth on that um so it's it's, it's a matter of time but Jay Morrison, that's somebody that 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 we bring to the round table to help build with, right? He already got the Legacy Center down in um, College Park, Georgia, um, which is dope. It's black owned, it's black funded, and you get a return on it as a little as little as a five hundred dollar investment, and you get an eight percent return plus some other returns that I can't remember off the top of my head. But that's dope. He's not just taking money from people and buying stuff. He's taking money from people and then guaranteeing guaranteeing you that you're invest you will make back money from that investment and the more money you invest the more money you will get back the bigger your portfolio will get that's next level that's that's deep bro 
that's real deep. Shout out to Jay Morrison for doing that for the culture, for us. And his is called the Tesla Oklahoma Fund, the Tesla Trust Fund, Tesla Trust Fund, something like that. Tra- Tesla Trust Fund. Basically, he's still playing. It's 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 playing off of the Black Wall Street down in Tesla, Oklahoma, in 1907, and was burned down in 1920. Not even 20 years. Feel me? So, um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of what culture is. Um, how you have influence culture and cultural influences and how they can kind of try to belittle and take away from our culture so um we got about 10 minutes left um and i really don't have anything else left i mean i've been doing it I mean, we can talk about education a little bit right now um but i don't really have much else to say so we might end this a little early this week we might end this a little early because it's just me this is special. And shoot, since I know I can do this now, I just start crafting shows and, 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 and start talking. Because I could talk a lot. Um, but I want y'all, let's recap. I, I, let's recap. We'll take these little nine more minutes to recap. And we're going to end at an hour sharp um, of this. Hopefully y'all still been engaged in the show if you made it this far. Appreciate you. Because it's different just hearing my voice. It is really different just hearing my voice. So, um, this is how it's going to go. For colleges, I want you guys to understand that the goal is to rebuild or to generate generational wealth. And reading after reading that article and having the various conversations that I've had thus far, you know, on the topic, college has been put in place and it has the, the college industrial complex well, really, any industrial complex, but specifically the college industrial complex, has been put in place to lit- legitimately halt any um, any um, hope of building generational wealth. Why do I say that? Is because it's become so expensive to which you will spend your life paying back those hundreds of thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars just to get break back even and you work in 40 hours 80 hours a week just to make ends meet so even in the in the article the mom i think the mom said that um she's basically come to grips with she's gonna die with this with this uh debt and that to me it, it that just means that she's she became content within the idea of I'm going to be paying this debt back the rest of my life. That's not cool. I'm not paying no debt back. I've denounced school completely right now because I refuse to go into debt and have to pay $800, $900 a month or having them garnish my checks because I can't pay that money. I refuse. I'm doing everything that I need to do now, and if I need to learn anything, I will get a book and read. Because the reality of it is these professors are here to assist you in understanding the knowledge, understanding the content. They're not really teaching you. You're teaching yourself. Think about it. The stuff that you retained is the stuff that you liked, that you took liking to, that you read extra on, that you read books on, that you spent extra time outside of the classroom to learn and to commit to memory. Your teachers didn't really teach you anything. They helped you along the way. They coached you along the way. So when we're talking about college, yeah, you get that degree, and you can't get that degree from self-education, but some of our best and most successful people are self-educated. Self-educated. Didn't go to college. That's not for everybody, but they are our most successful millionaires, billionaires, um influencers cultural influencers did not go to college they learned everything through practice and i'm a sole believer in experience over college because experience shows you way more and teaches you way more than any college course can teach you college is supposed to enhance that experience right so you experience let's let's stay in education for a second you experience bad behavior right or you experience a kid working, work. Ex- you experience a kid showing out because he doesn't understand the work. 
college comes into play to where you can individualize the lesson plan so then he can he or she can then understand the lesson better thus they don't act out think about that that right there is how college is supposed to help that right there is not worth fifty thousand dollars a year i'm sorry it is not i'm not sorry but that right there is not worth fifty thousand dollars a year or a semester well a year 25 a semester it's not it's not no not happening feel me so when we're talking about um you know just college hbcus and and all that stuff i want y'all to understand and just think when you get a loan when you take out a loan when somebody tell you to take out a loan um or buy a car or buy a house what do they tell you to do at least have 20 percent to put down so the interest rates is lower and it's just a overall better investment right the process goes smoother and things of that nature i want everybody to the best of their ability to take that same mindset into college if you can't pay 10 percent, at least 10 percent towards your tuition out of pocket don't do it don't go find somewhere to gain that experience because going to college rushing to college is rushing to debt is rushing to deter you from generational wealth making sure your kids kids have money that they don't have to be in the same position you are in because the goal is to live a better life than your parents right to enhance your life well at this point college is not enhancing your life it's actually putting you in a, in a digression it's putting you backwards um and i feel like college should, should basically um enhance the intellect that you already possess right add on it grow with you you should grow with the new information you should not look for the new information to push you to grow you should want to grow with the new information based off of the information that you already possess right that's the story of my life at the end of the day my um my all my information my expertise um within the youth development field within education has came from practice not from school I got my associate's degree in business administration. Not education, not none of that. So just understand that college is good, college is cool. I, I will never tell anybody not to go to college, but just be strategic in how you take out loans because at the end of the day, it's a loan and they don't care. They'll pay you back. The people just called me um, the other day like, oh yeah, we need to talk about how you're going to pay back your loans now. They don't care about your advancement. They didn't call and say, oh, so did you find a new, did you find a job that, you know that you worked so hard to get to get your degree or did you they didn't ask for none of that they said ah it's time to pay them loans you better set up your payment plan or you know we're gonna start garnishing your checks like that's real they have the ability to go into your account and take your money but that's a whole nother conversation um so with that and then you know just culture be cultural influencers the right way not the wrong way you know not not objectifying your bodies um talking to women in any type of way um wearing any type of thing i want you to influence literally influence affect the culture through positive influence um that's why i named the, the very people that i named because they affect the inf they they affect the culture in positive ways in positive ways whether it's jay-z getting you know other rappers um legal assistance giving legal assistance or just regular regular joes regular joe smoes getting you know what i'm saying getting more than what jay-z has to offer um you know dame dash talking about black ownership something that we don't understand um nick cannon got his got the um put so many different comedians on through wild and out and then he's doing the um cannon class up at howard university ironically um which that's a dope that's a dope show i i i recommend anybody that's listening um to go check that out i check that out on a normal basis um but yeah just influence the culture while i'm doing over here i'm working to influence the culture in my own way and that's rebuilding black wall street and the black wall street mentality one relationship one business at a time so with that being said like i said we're gonna be out of here an hour we coming up on that hour so um y'all stay true stay royal 
stay loyal. Y'all already know. This is your boy. Y'all already know. Bring another set of ears for next week's show. This is Royal Flex the Brand's introspective inside talk show. I am King Dev Dope. And I'll see y'all next week because I'm going to be in Japan. So be on the lookout. Shannon loves you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, uh, introspect. Uh, uh, tip inside. Hope you come back next week. Come back next week.